0: Welcome to the Weekly Words of Worship podcast. My name is Daniel Innocent. I'm a youth pastor with the Ontario Seventh-day Adventist Conference. And currently, I'm enrolled in Andrews University, where I'm getting my master's degree in divinity. I invite you to join me in reading, studying, and meditating on God's word. This study is not prepared beforehand, which allows you to be a participant in the studying process. This will teach you how to study the Bible for yourself, which is the greatest gift that I can give you. Once we begin a book, we read it to the very end. No skipping verses, no reading out of context. Now, sit back in a prayerful state and let's enjoy the day's reading together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this new day And we thank you, Lord, for everyone who's tuned in to this study Who's now taking a chance, Lord, to um, give you a fair shot And um, to follow you Lord, sometimes it's difficult to make that decision Um, Many people have lost loved ones and friends Because they've decided to follow you And Lord, we thank you because we know that what we lose, we gain much more. Anyways, um, as we come to the reading of your word, Lord, we just ask that you would help to make it clear to us. You promised us that the Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth. And Lord, we look forward to seeing that promise fulfilled today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome back, friends. Without further ado, I know it's been a while, quite some time. But we're here now, and to that we give God glory and praise. I ask that you would open up your Bibles with me and turn to John chapter 2 as we continue our reading in verse 23. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. Remember, Jesus just finished telling them that... um, if they destroyed a temple in three days, he would raise it back up. And remember, he was actually referring to his own body, even though they thought that he was referring to the uh, physical temple that um, obviously that they saw, that they were used to going to. And... When it says the signs, though, it's also talking about all of the miracles that Jesus committed, right? Because that's a prophecy that Jesus had stated, but they didn't see that fulfilled, right? They would only see uh, the prophecy of Jesus, uh, Jesus's body being resurrected, obviously, after Jesus had been crucified. And at this point, Jesus has yet to be crucified. Right. So when it says that they believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did, this is letting us know that although we've only um, we've only read of one miracle of Jesus so far, right? We we've, we've read of the miracle at the wedding, right, when Jesus multiplied the wine. Um, but this is showing us that Jesus was doing far more miracles in the mean, in the meantime, and these were the signs that they are alluding to, or that the Bible is alluding to. And that's also something that's very important to remember. Remember, it's um, the Bible says that Jesus did so many miracles that if all of them were to be written, um, there wouldn't be enough books, there wouldn't be enough paper in the world to, to write down everything that he did. And so, when we're reading the gospel stories, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we're really reading what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John thought were most important of the things that Jesus did. And in between, there's all kinds of stories that we don't see all kinds of people being healed, all kinds of sick people being healed, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so, the people are seeing the signs that Jesus is doing, they're seeing the works that Jesus is doing and they're believing in his name. But they're believing in him because they're seeing the signs, right? Um although this is a way that people can come to Christ when you know you see a miracle and you know that can really, you know, set your heart ablaze and and there can be no looking back. At the same time there's also a danger. And we're going to see that here. Verse 24 The Bible says, but Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. That's big. Jesus did not commit himself to them. Right. So Jesus sees... That after he's done these signs, these individuals start believing in him, but he doesn't commit himself to them. So in other words, that's like saying he doesn't trust it, right? He doesn't um, put his eggs in that basket because he understands the way that men are. And, and remember, when the Bible is saying men, it's, it's, it's a general term. It's, it's saying he understands the way that humans are. He understands how fickle we can be, right? Here today, gone tomorrow. Think about it. Have you ever been sure that God did something for you? Like, think about it. When it actually happened, have you ever been in an an experience where something happened that was inexplicable that must have been God? And afterwards... You start doubting it. You start questioning it. You start saying, well, maybe it's just a coincidence. And maybe even worse, you start saying, you know, these things didn't happen because of God. These things happened because of my own hard work. You know, it's a very, very, very dangerous thing to forget what God has done for you in the past. It's a very dangerous thing because it's remembering the things that God has done for us that allow us to continue walking with God in the present and in the future, right? This is what the Bible is meaning when it says that Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. He knew. What was it that he knew? He knows how we are, right? We'll believe in an instant and then afterwards we'll question or we'll let people make us doubt. I'll never forget. I tell this story um, quite often because I was a part of a miracle. To be honest with you, I've seen several miracles in my life. I wouldn't even be able to list them all off. But this was definitely one of the larger miracles that I can remember. I used to be a telemarketer and I used to work uh, selling insurance for Scotiabank. It was a rough time. Trust me, <laughs> trust me, it was a rough time. And uh, you know, during those days, I used to bring my Bible with me everywhere. I used to bring my Bible with me to work And when I wouldn't be on the phone answering calls, I would be reading my Bible. And so people kind of knew me as, you know, that guy who had his Bible. I wasn't ever, you know, weird. Well, at at least that's my own opinion. Maybe other people would think I was weird. I didn't think I was weird, you know. Um, And I used to give people Bible studies and stuff like that at work. So anyways, uh, if you can hear the phone ringing in the background, Please just ignore it. I'm so sorry. You know, I've I've restarted this this podcast so many times at this point. I can't restart it again. (laughs) (laughs) Too many mishaps. But anyways, there was a day I, I, during the time that I was telemarketing, I was also going to UOIT. That's the University of Ontario Institute of Technology. And I had joined a church club. At um, the university that I was at. And I met a friend there. His name was uh, Nathan. Uh, I also had a friend from work whose name was Philip. This is very important to remember. So remember my friend from the church club. His name is Nathan. Anyways, one day after school, Nathan and I were on the bus heading home. And, uh, you know, we're talking about God. And, you know, we're getting really excited. And he's from a different denomination than me. And uh, by the way, you know, I love talking to people uh, who are from different denominations. I have friends of all different types of denominations. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's very important for us to remember that if you believe in Jesus, uh, listen, you're my brother, you're my sister, right? Uh, because when we get to heaven, it's not going to be Adventists over here and Baptists over there and Pentecostals over here. No, we're all going to be together. Finally, right? But anyways, I digress. So I'm on the bus talking with uh, Nathan about God, and we're having a good conversation. When my friend from work comes on the bus, Philip. And, you know, Philip sees me, and he comes to where I'm at, and uh, we just continue our conversation with Philip. And, you know, the most amazing thing happens. Nathan actually gives Philip a challenge. Nathan says to Philip, uh he asked, he asked Philip, Do you know God? Do you know Jesus? And Philip said, I know of him, you know, but I don't know him in the way that you're probably asking me if I know him. And Nathan said, Do you want to know him? And you know, I'm watching this conversation. I'm thinking to myself, Wow, this is intense, right? <laughs> thinking to myself, like, can we have an introductory conversation first before you just dive in like this? And I'm just kind of watching. And he asked him, do you want to know Jesus? And, you know, uh, Philip said, well, I don't know. He said that, you know, for him, it's kind of, it's it's hard to know who God is because there's so many different religions claiming that they know who God is, right? And so it's not that he doesn't believe there is a God, but he feels like it's impossible to know which of these gods, quote unquote, is actually God. And Nathan shared with him a promise. He said, the Bible says, you will seek for me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And he said, this is the promise that Jesus is giving to you. And he said, are you willing to seek for him? Because a promise is that if you seek for him, you'll find him. And Philip said, Sure. Now, you know, I'm flabbergasted at this point. I can't believe, you know, that he's accepted the challenge. I can't believe that this all happened so quickly. I can't believe I never had this conversation with Philip. You know, I'm feeling shame. I'm feeling happiness. I'm feeling all sorts of stuff, right? I said, Wow, he's accepting a challenge. So, anyways, like, Maybe two weeks pass or something like that. And Philip and I are on the bus together. Um, we lived roughly in the same general kind of area. Um, pretty much we took the GO bus from Whitby all the way to Newcastle, and Newcastle at that time was the last stop for the GO Bus. I lived in Newcastle, but my friend lived, my friend Philip lived in Arno, so I had a 30 minute walk to go home. And he had like an hour and a half minute, um, sorry, an hour and a half minute, an hour and a half, um, you know, distance walk to get home. So before we would split ways after the bus uh, stopped, we would kind of talk to each other. And this is the very last bus. So this is like two o'clock in the morning, 2.30 in the morning, something like that. So anyways, Philip and I are talking before we split up. And Philip tells me that he's taken up Nathan on this challenge, you know, that he's taken him up and that he started to do research on Jesus. And he said that, you know, he's in disbelief about the stuff that he's found. You know, he started telling me things I didn't know. He told me how the Bible is the number one bestseller every single day, every single week, every single month, every single year. And the only reason why they have New York Times number one bestsellers is, you know, uh, because the Bible is so dominantly the bestseller that they don't even put it as number one because it's almost become a redundancy at this point. And he talked about how all of history was separated at the appearance of Jesus, right, Uh, before Christ, after death, that Jesus actually physically walked the earth. That Jesus physically, a person named Jesus, born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth, actually existed. This is an actual person that we're talking about. And he said, when you think of the fact that Jesus wasn't a king, he wasn't a conqueror. Now, mind you, he's the king of kings. Have mercy. Huh? (laughs) Don't make me preach. Don't make me preach. Right. But, um, you know, he said for a poor man, for a poor good man, even if you would just admit, even if you didn't want to concede that Jesus was God and you just wanted to acknowledge him for what he was as a man. He was a poor man, a poor, wise and good man. He said we don't learn in history about poor, good men. Right. Especially men who haven't actually written a single word in a book themselves. So he's telling me all these things about Jesus, and I'm saying, wow, you're right there. And so I said to Philip, I said, Philip, well, now you just have to pray. And I know this is supposed to be a Bible study, but in order for me to allow you to see the point of what this text is saying, I have to share with you this story. It's so important. And I want you to hang on. Even if you've heard this story, even if you've heard me say this story, I'm about to share a part of the story that I've never really shared. At least as far as I can remember. So anyways, you know, I told Philip, you're right there, man. All you have to do now is pray. You're right there. All you have to do is pray, right? Pray to God. And then you'll really find him. And Philip looked at me and he said, you know, just because I believe that Jesus existed That doesn't mean that I believe Jesus exists. You see the difference? And I start, you know, pleading with him and pleading with him. And he keeps saying, No, 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 I'm not praying. Then I said something to him I've never said before, I've never said since. I said, Philip, if you pray to God and ask him to reveal himself to you, if he does not reveal himself to you, I will never talk to you about God ever again. And Philip looked at me. And he said, "Sure. Now mind you." And Philip said, "Sure, when he took me up on that offer, I I was scared. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh my goodness, what have I put myself into?" <laughs> So, you know, um, we turned from each other. We went to walk away and I started praying. Oh my goodness, I started praying. I started praying. I said, God, please don't let me down. You know, I give Bible studies at work, Lord, right? (laughs) Don't let this embarrassment come upon your name. You know what I mean? I was praying, man. I was praying. And on cue, my phone died, so I couldn't get minute-to-minute updates. And so I when I went home, I, I charged my phone, and I went to sleep. In the morning, I woke up. First thing I did was grab my phone, and I checked my text messages, and I had a text message from Philip. In the text message, he said, I have to come to church with you on Saturday. You won't believe what happened. It's too good to put in text message. And man, you know, I was about to say a joke that I'm not going to finish telling you the story, but I always say that joke is getting old. now. (laughs) It's getting old. Even I'm getting tired of saying that part of the joke. Uh, But anyways, this is not a joke. The story is not a joke. This is a serious story. Uh, But anyways, so. uh, Obviously, when I saw Philip, I asked him what happened, right? Tell me what happened. He said that as he was walking down the street, he was fighting with himself over whether or not he should pray. And you know, he was thinking to himself that prayer is stupid, you know, it doesn't work. Like, you know, you're just talking to yourself for no reason. You look like a crazy person. And, you know, he's just arguing with himself. And, you know, mind you, at this time, it's 2:30, 3 o'clock in the morning. It's like really dark, really late. There's barely any street lights out where we live, especially at that time. So, anyways. He says to himself, you know what? What do I have to lose? You know what I mean? Nobody's here. Nobody can see. I have nothing to lose. And he said the only problem was that I never taught him how to pray. Right? Can you imagine that? I never even taught him how to pray. You know, as Christians, we we take for granted that people in the world, they don't know how to do these things that we think are so easy to do. But anyways, he said that he stopped and he looked up in the sky and he said Jesus if if you're there reveal yourself to me and then he started looking around you know he looked left he looked right he thought he was going to maybe see some leaves blowing in the wind, you know? <laughs> he thought he would see maybe a deer jump out in the forest and just look at him and jump back into the forest or something like that, you know? <laughs> but he looked around and he didn't see anything. And he said, man, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I prayed. And so he kept walking. And as he's walking... Uh, a car pulled up beside him with a little old lady in the car. And the little old lady put down the window and she said, son, are you okay? And he's thinking to himself, are you okay? You know what time it is? Old, old people are not supposed to be outside at this time, right? <laughs> what nursing home do you stay at? You know what I mean? So he's thinking to himself, are you okay? So he looked at her, he said, yes, I'm fine, you know. And he kept walking, and she starts following him with her car. And she starts telling him to get in the car. And, you know, he doesn't know this person. And he said, no, thank you. And she starts following him with her car. And she starts, you know, he said, she starts shaking like, get in the car, get in the car. He said, what is wrong with this old lady? <laughs> Is this mad crazy old woman? So we checked the back seat real quick. You know, hey, you got to be careful. They have an old lady in the front, big brolic man in the back, ready to put you in one piece of headlock. You know what I mean? So, anyways, he checked the back seat, saw no one was there, got into the car. And as she's driving with him, he said at first the drive was kind of awkward, you know, like turn left turn right here and then she she said something to him she said she said to him that she had never picked up a hitchhiker before because obviously first of all you know she's a senior citizen and secondly she's a woman and he's a man she said if you know you wanted to hurt me I would have no way of defending myself and then she said to him that the only reason why, She was on the road, and the only reason why she came and asked him to get into the car is because God came to her in a dream and told her in a dream that this young man needed her help and showed her where he would be and what he would look at, what he would look like And she got out of her bed in faith, got dressed in faith, and drove to that location in faith to see the very person that God had showed her in the dream. And that's the reason why she came and she picked him up. And, you know, when Philip said this to me, I look at Philip and I'm saying, well, what did you say? He said, I didn't know what to say. I didn't say anything, but I just knew I had to come to church. This is a story I love telling people this story, but the truth is, usually I stop the story there because Philip was coming to church with me at first and I don't know if maybe, and I I hope God willing, he found a different place to worship. But at a certain point, you know, after coming one or two times, he stopped coming. And I thought to myself that for sure, after seeing such a sign, how could you possibly stop? And the truth is, a lot of us are waiting for God to give us a miracle so that we could believe in him. And if that's the attitude that we have, the miracle will come and we still won't. Believe in him. Because remember, the Christian walk is to walk by faith, not by sight. God is going to need you to believe before and without seeing. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. And it is a blessing to be able to be a witness to a miracle. But if we're waiting and depending on seeing these miracles, if we're waiting and depending on seeing signs before we can believe, we're in very dangerous, 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 dangerous ground. Because that is not going to hold weight. God is not a vending machine. We don't follow God just because of the things that He does for us. We follow God because He loves us. And when we see how much He loves us, it makes us love Him. And because we love each other, we hold hands together and we walk together. So that's the reason why God is able to be patient with you when things are not going your way. And that's the reason why you can wait on the Lord and be patient with Him when He is still waiting to fulfill the plans that He has for you. Sometimes it's, it's frustrating to wait on the Lord. Sometimes it's frustrating to wait to see the sign. Sometimes it's frustrating to wait to see the miracle. Sometimes it's frustrating when things are not going the way that you would expect for them to go. But if we are dependent on miracles and signs in order to follow Jesus, then we won't be following Jesus for long. Because there's always going to be time periods that God is going to require for you to have faith. Remember, the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. So God has to allow you to be in challenging circumstances that are going to require you to have faith in order for you to hold on and to believe in him. It can't just be that we only believe when we see miracles. So the Bible says, Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. He knew all humans. He knew our nature. And it says in verse 25, and had no need that anyone should testify of man for he knew what was in man. My question for you today is what kind of faith will you have? What kind of faith do you choose? Are you only going to believe in God when you see him do this for you or when you see him do that for you? Or are you going to be willing to take a leap of faith to trust him? Give him your all in all. And I promise you, not only will you continue to see signs, but he will give you life and life more abundantly. I'm not saying that the Christian journey is a journey without miracles. It's a journey full of miracles. But for every testimony first comes a test. And that's why you can't only rely on miracles because there's some tests that last long. There's some seasons that go long. There's some uh, wildernesses that go long. And it takes faith in order to stay on the ship with Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this time and this chance that we had to be with each other. And Lord, we ask that you would give us faith, that you would help us to believe without having to see everything first. But, Lord, that we would choose to believe. We would take this leap of faith. We would take this jump with you. Lord, we would start this walk with you. Before we even see what you can do, we can believe what you will do. And we know, Lord, that when we believe is when we have power. Help us, Lord, not to be those who see signs and then forget the signs that we've already seen. Help us to remember the miracles that you've already done, to praise you for the things that you've already done, and to believe in you no matter what we're going through. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, and God willing. I'll see you tomorrow. Take care.